Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. When we look at this text, you notice what Jesus says to the people. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. Now, what I find interesting about that, first of all, is that he did not say, I am the light of heaven. But he says, I am the light of the world. Indicating to me is that the world needs his light. And if you're part of the world, you're going to need his light as well. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness. And I thank God that we made the decision to follow Jesus. And as we follow Jesus, we begin to see things for the way that he really wants us to see them. We get exposed to truth and knowledge and understanding of divine truth. And so based on that, I'm I'm sure you like me, we're thankful that we are in the light and not in darkness. Thankful means that a person that we have a feeling of, excuse me, our attitude of gratitude and gratefulness. We're grateful to be in the light. We, we used to be in darkness, but when God began to expose to us how, what the light meant and how important it was to our lives, we're grateful for that. And one thing I've learned about a person that is grateful, you will thank God every day for something or another that's going on in your life. You'll be thankful for a roof over your head. You'll be thankful for transportation to and fro. You'll be thankful for food to put in your stomach. You'll be thankful just to get out of bed on, a, on, a, on in the morning or in the afternoon, whenever you get out of bed. You're just grateful for what Jesus is doing in your life because you realize it could be a whole lot worse than what it is. Are y'all following me so far? Now, One thing about it, my behavior reflects a readiness to show appreciation for a particular thing or an awareness and acknowledgement to a person. It's good for a husband to show his wife how much he appreciates her. And likewise, the wife should show her gratitude for a husband, both publicly and privately. And speaking of which, I thank God for Lady Dobbs and I have been married for 32 years. And uh, that's a testimony to me. I, I, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for that. And so not only do I need to say that publicly, but I need to show it to her privately. Children, it's good for you to let your parents know how much you appreciate them. And parents is up uh, as well. We should not forget to tell our children, children, regardless if we agree or disagree with them uh, by every choice they make, that we appreciate them. There's something you can find that's good about your child, whether or not you agree with them or everything that they do or not. It's a blessing to let the pastor know that he or she is appreciated, as well as our sisters and brothers in Christ that we love and appreciate them. Now, I don't want you to give nobody a high five, but look around the room and give them a thumbs up and tell them, I I appreciate you. That that thumbs up, say, I appreciate you. I, I appreciate you. I appreciate you in the name of Jesus. Now, around Thanksgiving, we often reflect on the things and people that we are most thankful for, especially in a year where the enemy would love for us 
to uh, focus our attention and our energy on the opposite of being thankful, which is sadness and misery and unhappiness and unsatisfaction. He wants us to pay more attention to things that are making us happy and, and sad and unsatisfied more than what God is doing in our lives. I thought about this on this point. Sometimes you can pay attention more of 20% of what of what's not happening in your life than the 80% that what is good in your life. Let me say that to you again. You can pay more attention to the 20% that's bad that's happening in your life than the 80% that's going good in your life. You know God's been good to us and we, how can we deny the fact that if God put a roof over our head and you know you didn't, you didn't, you didn't go hunting for none of your food. You went to the drive-thru, you fit, you fixed something from your freezer or from your refrigerator. You got a car that goes to and fro. You got a job. You got a business that's providing income or a salary to you. You are good. God has been good to all of us. Some of us are thinking a lot better than we used to think because of what God is doing in our life. Some of us got peace that passes all understanding that God is doing in our life. Yeah, I didn't say things were peaceful around you, but God is providing peace for you because he gives peace that passes all understanding. You got joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. I'm not saying there's not sadness happening around you, but you got joy the Lord, which is your strength. Yeah, it's bad going on around. Yeah, it's a pandemic going on. But you're still happy in the middle of what everything that's going on. Why? Because of what Jesus is doing in your life. Why 2020 has been a year of uncertainty it relates to widespread civil unrest, a world pandemic, increase in unemployment, companies shutting down. We know that our mission, God, still remains the same. We're thankful for Hebrews 13 and verse 8. Let that, let's go there. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8. Hebrews 13 and 8 reads as follows. Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Woo. Not your pastor. Not the apostle. Not your missionary so-and-so or brother so-and-so. Jesus Christ. He is the same. He's the same. He's not different. He is himself. He's the same what he was yesterday, what he is today, and what he will be forever. God does not change. I like that. So if God knows how to deliver you yesterday, he can deliver you today. If God knows how to heal your body yesterday, he can heal you today. Oh, yeah. And if a sickness tries to come up, God is still a healer. He is still a deliverer. He still knows how to bring us out of darkness into this marvelous light. When I look out, out, out over our congregation, I believe that we are definitely a congregation of believers that is constantly looking for meaningful ways to express thankfulness to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for our families and each other. We're grateful for our families. We have a gratitude and appreciation for family and loved ones and our church family. You know what Jesus said, who is my sister and my brother? Those that do the will of my father. We're blessed to give God, give, excuse me, we're blessed to have God's written and revealed word open our eyes to see his protection, his deliverance, his peace, and his prosperity. And I hope this is your testimony that we are constantly learning how to remain thankful. See, you gotta learn how to be thankful. 
for the right things. And I should put it to you like this. Go to First Thessalonians 5 and 18. Let me show you what I'm talking about. First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18. You've got to learn how to be thankful. I don't think that people really know how to be thankful. And, I, and I've been in situations where I was thankful for stuff that God never put in my life. And I, and I've heard people give testimonies about, you know, I'm so glad that God did this in my life. And I'm thinking, God did that to you? That don't even sound right. But while, when you learn, you know that God knows how and teaches how to be thankful. See, I wouldn't know how to be thankful for certain things in my life if God didn't show me how to be thankful for certain things. Notice what 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18 says. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Every, in everything give thanks, or grateful, or gratitude, or acknowledge kindness, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. This is what you need to learn. We gotta learn what to be thankful for. We're not, we're not thankful for the tragedy, but we're thankful for a God that keeps you during the tragedy. We're not gra- grateful for things that are negative going on in our life. We're grateful to God that knows how to turn it around for our good. We're grateful for the God that knows more than enough. See, I'm not grateful for stuff that don't, that's negative. I'm grateful that God knows how to bring me out of, out of negative, every negative situation that I encounter on a day by day basis. You know how God can keep your mind when people are talking negative around you? Cause he says, keep your mind on me because I, uh, every mind that stays on me, those minds will I keep in perfect peace. That is what you're thankful for. Not the bad stuff, but the good stuff. See, the doctor can give you a and that report can be negative. He'll tell you that it's over. But if God don't say it's over, God got the final say so. Oh, yeah, and I thank God for doctors. But you know what? I realize doctors are limited. Where God is an all-knowing God. He's omnipotent and omnipresent. He is everywhere and he knows everything. So we know that God has the final say so. Some, see, the bank can tell you no, but God can tell you yes. Oh, listen, people can tell you no, but if God be for you, who can be against you? Why? Because he got the final say-so. And that's what I'm thankful in, for God having the final say-so. How many are grateful that God got the final say-so? Well, you never would have got promoted if God, if God didn't have the final say-so. You wouldn't even have that house or that car if God didn't have the final say-so. You would not have this because I promise you, not everybody in your circle that on your job or your business is, is grateful that you got the position that you got right now. But they don't have the final say-so. God has the final say-so. And you got to understand, if God got the final say-so, whatever he says, that is what I'm thankful for. I'm grateful for that. And that's why we said in all things, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning us. And so we give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you or for us. I've learned and, I, and I'm daily learning how to be grateful for God's grace, which provides opportunities, which are circumstances that make it possible to follow him. Thank God we're following Jesus. If it not, wasn't for his mercy and his grace, our eyes would not be open to see the error of our ways from our past, from last week, and even in our future. God's grace allows us to hear and understand truth. Isn't it good to know that when, listen, isn't it good to know that God loves you enough to show you when you're wrong sometimes? I appreciate God showing me when I'm wrong sometimes. 
I said, God, you know what? If you didn't show me, I'd be thinking I'm right all the time. Cause you know, we have, we know we have a high opinion of our, of our opinion sometimes. High value of our opinion sometimes. But God would say, hey, you know, you're not right right here. You remember Abraham? Abraham had to go and Sarah had to cor- tell him something to correct him. But you know what? He, he, and God went to Abraham and said, you know what? Your wife is right. Okay, I'll paraphrase a little bit. And so when she was right, listen, Abraham had to step back and say, you know what? I got to do what is required in the situation. Thank God for that. But that's God's grace. His grace helps us to heal, helps to heal broken hearts, wounded spirits, and scars from our past. It also gives us knowledge and understanding about his sovereignty, his power, his strength, and his presence. It's good to know about God being, he'll never leave you nor forsake you. It's good to know that. It's good to know God will never leave you nor forsake you. Because you can be in a situation where you feel like God has left you or forsaked you. You can feel like it, but to read the word, oh, God ain't left me. See, I've been in a situation where I didn't feel, quote, unquote, the presence of God, goosebumps coming down my spine, but I read the word. I say, God, you know you haven't left me, have you? You're right here with me in the middle of what I'm going through. And I appreciate the word working in our life. But you got to know that. You cannot always feel like God's around you. You got to know God is around you. You got to know that he's your savior. You got to know that he can deliver you. You got to know because sometimes you're going to feel like all kinds of things going down your spine. But don't feel like the presence of Jesus. That's why you got to know what the word says. You got to know what the word says. He is the light that gives, helps us to navigate through darkness that we may deal with on a day by day basis. And let me say this to you before I, let's go back to John 8 and 12. Darkness is real. Let me say that again. Darkness is real. It's real. How do you know, Pastor? Number one, Jesus recognized it. Notice what he says in John 8 and 12. Then Jesus spoke to them again saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of light. So we see here then Jesus spoke again saying, I am the light. He is brightness. What's important, he is truth and knowledge. He is exposure of the view of all. He is power and understanding spiritual truth. But notice what he says. He doesn't say of heaven. He says of the world. The world is the order of government, the inhabitants of the earth, the human family. So this is important that we understand. If Jesus is the light of the world, then the world needs his light. The world needs its light. And if we operate in the world as human beings, we need the light of the world. We need it. We need the light of the world. It's not a question. It, listen, he may not have said it like that, but I'm going to tell you based on my experience, what I see in scripture, we need the light of the world. We need it. We need the light of the world. And notice what he says, he who follows me shall not walk in darkness. Thank God we're not going to walk in darkness. Now, let me say this to you, though. As we continue to walk in the light, we'll see things that we haven't seen before. And I like this part, but have the light of life. I love how Jesus says, first of all, that I am. 
He does not leave an opportunity for us to be confused by who he is. Let's go to Exodus 3 and 14. Exodus 3 and 14. I like that. I am. I am. I am the light of the world. Listen, don't never get twisted. I am the light. There's not another light light me in the entire world. Mm, mm, mm. Let's go down. There's a lot of stuff running my mind right now I want to tell you, but I, I got to make sure we get this in the proper order. Let's go to first of all, Exodus 3 and 14. Jesus said this, and excuse me, and the word says this, and God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus, you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. He says, I am. So when Moses was leading the children of Israel, they began to question. Uh, Moses asked the question, who is, te- who is bringing the people out of bondage? And God gives a specific answer. Tell them, I am. I am. I am. And when we understand this, we need to be thankful to God who gives us a pep talk in his word before sending us to deal with difficult situations. Moses was getting ready to go into a difficult situation. He had to know that God was who he said he was. And sometimes when you get ready to deal with difficult situations, and this is what's what's interesting about a difficult situation, you don't always know you're going to deal with a difficult situation. It's just good to know that when difficult situations pop up, you got God that's going to help you to deal with it. It's good to know that because Difficult situation don't always make an appointment to say I'm a difficult situation. They just automatically show up and it's difficult. If you knew it was difficult, you would prepare for it. You would get ready for it. You would, listen, I see sometime before uh, certain things happen that, you know, it's going to be difficult right here. Let's get prepared for it. But a real difficult situation, you ain't going to have no prep- preparation for it. It's just going to pop up and it's difficult. Then you need to know that God is with you. Because he's greater than the difficult situation that you're going to be dealing with. See, Moses had to deal with the people that he was trying to help get them out of bondage. That's why Moses said this. Moses said to God, indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, the God of your father has sent me to you. Exodus 13. Chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. And they say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? And he knows how God responds in verse 14. And God said to Moses, I am who I am. He said, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. I have directed him, Moses, to come to you. I have released Moses. I sent Moses forth to the children of Israel. But you always got to remember, when, when Moses was sent, it wasn't just him going, it was God going with Moses. Ooh-wee. Therefore, I thank God when you got a man or a woman of God, and when God sends them your way, it's not just them coming, but it's God coming with them. And when God comes with them, you can expect some change to take place. You can expect deliverance to take place. You can expect miracles to take place. Why? Because I am is on the scene. But you notice, I am normally comes with a man or a woman of God. I thank God for that. I appreciate him being who he said he is. And as mature believers, we have to know how to talk to the personal thing that is holding people in bondage and those being held in bondage. If I speak to you right now and says you are free, 
by the power of God. Even though you can't see anything holding you in bondage, the Spirit of God knows that you need to be free. The Spirit of God knows that you need to get rid of that thing that may be trying to plague you, like fear or sickness or unbelief or hardness of heart. You say, well, Pastor, how do you know with that, God, that these things are dealing with me? I don't know, but I am knows. See, I am knows what you're going through better than what you do. I am knows what you got to face next week. I am knows what you got to deal with financially and in your body and mentally speaking. I am knows what you got to deal with in your school. He says, I am. I am. Now, as times we could be the one, sometimes uh, when we talk about people being in bondage, we're thankful for the all-knowing and all-powerful God that sends us forth with clear instructions of who told me to walk in the light. See, darkness can act as a stronghold in our lives to the point that we can get so comfortable that even though it's hurting us and pulling life from us, we still want to stay because uh, we are familiar with darkness. It's easy, and sometimes you, you're not careful. You can get so familiar with darkness that you can begin to walk in darkness as something normal. Normal. It's just normal to be in dark. It's listen. When you put light on, you're like, man, I don't even like this light because it's not like darkness. Because people get used to walking in darkness. People get used to things such as drinking to the point that it alters their thinking or the way that they act. People get used to thinking about our relationships in a dark manner or having a relationship with people that are literally they're in darkness. They get used, what would they do with a Christian man? Because they're so used to a dark man. They're so used to a man that treats them any kind of way that they'll accept anything below godly standards. Darkness, darkness, darkness will make a, listen, will make a man walk away from a good family. Darkness will cause a woman to leave a good family. It also will cause children to disrespect God-fearing parents. Parents that pay the cell phone bill, put food on their shelter, pay their car insurance, even get their car fixed, and then they got the nerve to disrespect their parents. God, listen, that is a child walking in darkness. Darkness can be suitable, can creep in on our lives as believers, just as it did before we made our step to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Darkness will cause members of the same church to be at odds with each other and create discord uh, and strife within auxiliaries, men's auxiliary, women's auxiliary, a music ministry auxiliary. It will darkness will creep in if you're not careful. Therefore, I, I conclude to you that darkness is dangerous. It's dangerous. And I believe that Jesus knew that which is, I believe, why he brought to us the scripture in John chapter 8 and verse 12. Because he knew that darkness could cause harm or injury. That's why we read in John 8 and 12 that Jesus spoke to them again and said, I am the light. I am the brightness, the truth and knowledge, exposure for the view of all, the power of understanding spiritual truth of the world. He who follows me should not walk in darkness, but have the light of light. Jesus proclaims that we are learning what we are learning today, that I am the light. Now, he proclaimed it. We're learning that he's light. Jesus proclaimed, I am the light. 
but we're learning that he is the light. In fact, many of us would still be in darkness if we had not made a decision to leave darkness and follow him, which is Jesus. And darkness can be defined as ignorance of divine things, those associated with wickedness and and, and, and such things, evil, twisted things. Now, darkness brings about, we're going to talk about some of the traits of an individual who operates in darkness. The first one I talk about is an evil mindset or attitude or actions. Go to John 3 and 19. The book of John 3 and 19. When we look at somebody who operates in darkness, some of the, one of the traits is they have an evil mindset, an evil attitude, or evil actions. Notice in John 3 and 19. And this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light. Why? Because their deeds were evil. First of all, I want you to notice light comes into the world. Light. Let's say, for example, this is light. And light comes into the world. When light comes, you got darkness here, light here. Light comes and people see the light, but they make a decision because they like doing evil deeds. I'm going to do this right here. They got a choice to come after light, but they choose to go after darkness. Now, this is what sometimes I saw when I was studying this. Sometimes people have the light in their life. They're following Jesus, but they see something in darkness that piques their interest. It's something that catches their attention. It's something they, listen, they, they're doing, they, this, they may be a good giver. They may pray to a certain extent. They may give. They may do whatever. But there's something over here that darkness brings them, has pulled, got a pull on them. Yeah, I'm coming to church. I'm doing this, but I've got some darkness going on. Now, this is what you got to understand. If we, if I really look at it from a scriptural standpoint and look at how the Lord is leading me on this, everybody got to watch out for that little darkness. Because you know what? The Bible says it's a little leaven, but eleaven the whole lump. You got to watch out for them dark areas in your life. You got to watch out for darkness. You may have an anger issue you haven't dealt settled yet, a jealousy issue you haven't settled with. You got an unforgiveness issue you haven't settled yet. You got something you haven't settled yet. You got to watch out for that darkness. Now, you got light, but God would never force you to take the light. He will, uh, he will give you an opportunity to choose light. And sometimes, if you really want to get rid of dark areas, expose it to the light. Expose it to the light. Expose it to what? How the Holy Spirit leads you to expose it. And this is the combination that light has come into the world. But notice what the Bible says. Men love darkness. Ooh-wee. Boy, I tell you what. There is a, this is a true statement. When Jesus said men love darkness, he knew what he was talking about. There are some folks, and you probably know one or two, they love darkness. You can introduce them to Jesus from here until Jesus come back. You can tell them that God delivered me and saved me and brought me out of a fiery pit, but they still love darkness. They love darkness, and that's their choice. God would never force a person to love light, but he will 
give you the consequences of your choices. He will never make you love light, but he will give you the opportunity to be to come to the light. Now, when you come to light, yeah, you have some dark stuff in you, but you're saying, God exposed them dark areas in my life. Lord exposed those dark areas. Help me to get rid of the dark areas so I can walk fully in your light. Because it takes time to walk full in the light of God. Because let me tell you something. You can be walking with God for seven years and all of a sudden God has exposed something in your character that's been there, but he never has exposed it to you yet. And when he exposes it to you, he wants you to, it's an opportunity for you to get rid of it. It's an opportunity for you to correct this thing that he exposes in your life. Why? Because he is the light of the world. And you got to understand something. God knows your dark places better than you do. He knows what you're dealing with. He knows what you do in the midnight hour. He knows the secret thoughts you got going on in your mind. He knows what's going on in your life. That's why he loves us enough to say, hey, I'm giving opportunity to change and to get that right. Now, it's amazing to me the number of people that can have darkness in their life and they got, listen, they got a big old dark spot up in their life, but they'll point, they'll point their finger at somebody else's little dark spot and forget about the dark spots that go on, they got in their life. I know it's got quiet right there, but that's okay though, because I know that's true right there. Jesus put it like this. Why are you pointing your finger at somebody else's when you got all this stuff going on in your life? Why you got all this stuff going on you and you trying to hold judgment against somebody else? He says that because why? He, Jesus knows what's in people's heart. See, these individuals have no desire for God. And the reason, according to the text, is that they love to practice deeds that are contrary to Scripture. Because when, they, when the Bible says because their deeds were evil, we're talking about they are wicked, they're bad, and evil is not my definition of evil, but what is contrary to Scripture. What's contrary to the Word of God. That is what evil is. Now, these individuals love evil. They have no desire to have a relationship with Jesus because of the deeds that are not in line with the word of God. Word of God. Darkness can begin to influence our mind as believers as well, and then our attitudes can begin to change. You could be in the church for years, but if you start playing around with darkness, it can, it can overtake you if you ain't careful. It overtake you. You can start playing around with sin to the point, and the Bible tells us this, that you can't keep on playing with fire because after a while you eventually get burned. You can't keep on playing with sin. You got to understand something. When the Holy Spirit begins to expose certain characteristics in your life that are dark, he telling you that for a reason. He's telling you that because, yes, I, 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 I've held it under wraps long enough. It's time for you to deal with this. It's time for you to deal with your attitude. It's time for you to deal with your anger. It's time for you to deal with that stuff. Everybody think you're nice, but two or three people know the real you. They know you got some issues going on in your life. And so that's why it's important to receive knowledge and understanding of the scripture so we have a better understanding what evil is and the law will give us power to overcome the evil. He'll definitely give us power. And how many can admit that God's given you power to overcome evil? I mean, you ain't did. Listen, can I be real with you? I couldn't have did this on my own. 
Because some evil stuff, if we've been doing it for so long, it became a part of our nature. If somebody did us wrong, we got them back. We just, that's who we were. When Jesus said, turn the other cheek, we went here and there. Oh, look how y'all looking at me right here. Why? Because that was our nature. But now God is saying, hey, you got to start learning how to turn the other cheek. You can't let your anger stop me from blessing you. You can't let that unforgiveness stop me from doing what I want to do in your life. God wants to do something great, but yet we have some issues that God wants to expose so we, we can correct our actions in the way that we think, talk, and act. Another aspect we want to talk about is easy to be led astray. Go to John 12 and 35. Easy to be led astray. John 12 and 35 reads as follows. Then Jesus said to them, a little while longer, the light is with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. Isn't it interesting? You walk in darkness, he says, you don't even know where you're going. Well, Pastor, what do you mean? I don't, I'm telling you something. I walked in darkness, and I think, I, in my own house, Sometimes I turn the light on, just walk around like I know where I'm going. Sometimes I get it right. Most of the time, I bump into something. And I walked in my house many times. Many, many, many times. I should know where everything is in my house. But because it's dark, what I think is there is not there. My perception is off. Let me say this to you. Jesus said it like this. A little while longer, the light is with you. Walk while you have the light, lest you darkness overtake you. For he who walks in darkness does not know where he is going or being led to or going in what direction he's going in. See, spiritual darkness will cause us not to know where we are going, even though we think we do. Because people walk in a direction they think they know where they're going to. They think they do, but Jesus said, you don't even know where you're going. We are moving and doing and going from place to place, but in actuality, inwardly, darkness creates a restlessness within us. We're moving many times going further away from God in our thinking, in our conversation, and in our action. Boy, you got to be careful when it comes to walking in darkness. You know what I thought about was interesting? It don't matter if it was light or darkness. These people are still walking. It doesn't really matter, does it? People going to move. They going to keep moving. People going to keep going. So you, listen, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Jesus said people will keep on moving. He said they keep on moving. And you know you know just as well as I do. People can miss church but tell you what everything, uh, uh, everything that you should be doing. People can give you good, quote unquote, good advice, but it won't be godly advice. You got to know the difference because people say they know where they're going, but not scripture says they really don't know. They deceive in thinking that Jesus is not the only way. They're deceived in thinking that Jesus is not the only way. John 14 verse 6 reads as follows. Jesus says, I am the way. I am the journey, the mode, and the means, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. 
See, Dodge would try to convince us that there are many modes and means to prosperity and success that we should trust more than God, such as education, lots of money, power, and prestige. And let me say this to you. You can get all these things. You can get a quote-unquote a worldly success, a worldly uh, worldly money, worldly power, and worldly prestige, but it won't be like God. I can't tell you, there's some rich people right now. I could call a few names out. Y'all would know exactly who they are because they got worldly prestige. Worldly prestige. But they don't have godly prestige. And y'all, you need to know the difference. Don't be, don't be moved by worldly prestige. Don't be moved by worldly success. Only be moved by godly success. And let me say this to you. Godly success says this. I got peace that passes all understanding. I got the joy of the Lord, which is my strength. Listen, I got a family that I can come home to at night. And we got peace when we sit around and eat at the dinner table. That's the difference right there. See, dogs will get us so focused on certain things that we will leave or neglect the only true source of success, which is Jesus Christ. There are things that are around us that, uh, uh, there are things that are around us will try to deceive us, thinking that they are the way, when God says, I am the way. That's, therefore, no one comes to the Father except through me. When we get to the Father, the Father has unlimited resources. God does not run out. God has unlimited resources. He does not run out. Remember, those things which are good and helpful and beneficial and and we put our confidence in, the bigger and the better, they come from Jesus. No one comes to the Father except through him. Next one is darkness overtakes. Darkness overtakes. Matthew 6 and 23. I know we just talked about that earlier, but I'm going to get a little bit more specific at Matthew 6 and 23. Matthew 6 and 23. Jesus put it like this. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? I want you to notice something in verse 23. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you. Notice what Jesus said. There is a light that is in you, but Jesus classified the light that is in you as darkness. That's light that happened. You might as well not have a light. You ever been in a situation where you needed a light and all of a sudden that light, the battery was so weak in it that you might as well not even have a light? What this represents to me, human intervention, human light, human light. You got a light. You got a way of thinking. You got a way of doing things. You got a way of talking and acting, but it's not like God's light. Compared to God's light, you might as well not even have a light. Compared to where he thinks, the way he talks and so forth, you might as well not even have a light. So therefore, the light that's in you, you got a light. You got a way of thinking, you got a way of talking, you got a way of acting. He considered that as dark. Woo-wee. So people say, well, Pastor, I got a light. Yeah, you do. But God said, your light's dark. Then he says this, how great is that darkness? 
How large, how much is that darkness? Ignorance of divine things, ungodliness, and immorality. When we're dealing with darkness, we'd have no idea of how dark our life can be or can go if we do not make a decision to repent, change, and begin to follow the light of the world. I think it's important that we never underestimate how dark we or others can go given the right circumstance. Let me say this to you real quickly. I love you, but I understand this too. If you don't have the light of Jesus in you, the right circumstance can take you to a dark place. Pastor, well, you know, they real nice. Wrong circumstance, they'll get dark on you. I've seen some folks that I thought was nice. They turned to flip the switch. I said, whoa, they got something in them. I'm talking about folks. You can't even go by their size, neither. They can be folks that, that be small, and you think, man, they can't do, do no harm. Woo-wee. They be taking stuff, throwing it, and see, one thing about it, some people know how to fight. They'll grab anything they got and try to hit you with it. They get dark. There's some of you right now. I love you dearly, but I know you go to a dark place. That's why it's important that you, uh, you don't bully anybody. Because that person, that you start bullying the wrong person, they may not fight you, but they making some chemicals back in their in they lab. And they will drop it in your food if you ain't careful. And, 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 and CDC can, don't even know what it is by the time they finish with it. You don't bully folks. You don't bully. Come on, I'm big and bad. I beat you up. Oh, yeah, Really? And they'll mess around. You don't know how dark people can get. Jesus was saying this. You don't know how dark people can get. You don't know how dark people can get. Let me give you a natural example. Some of you didn't, I bet you didn't know how dark some people can get until you start seeing people protest, seeing people, I'm talking about on both sides of the uh, political arena, got mad but cussed you out. And then go to church on Sunday. You don't know how dark people can get. Yeah, you try to, you know, that's why I try to be led by the Holy Spirit when dealing with people. Because you don't know how dark. You got some coworkers right now. You don't know how dark they can get. So-and-so bring her lunch every day. So nice and so polite. Hey, how you doing? Don't let the boys fool you, y'all. Don't let the boys fool you. That person can pull out something in them, give them the right circumstance. And this is what Jesus knew. Jesus knew. Folks can get dark on you, y'all. Children can get dark on you. I'll be looking at some show, I'm like, that person looks so nice. But you look at their background, be sad. Some people go through dark situations. And they use that. Almost like an excuse to act dark. To act dark. You can't use it. Listen, I know some of us had some jacked up childhoods, but we cannot use it as an excuse to act dark. Well, my mama went there. My daddy went there. It don't matter. Jesus can save despite your mama and dad not being there. Happened 10 years ago. You should be over that by now. If not, you need to get counsel so you can get over. Don't use it as a crutch to act the way you acted. 
you need to understand, God, Jesus was saying, I know how dark people can get. I know how dark they can get. I know that they can get dark. Now, I have had more time, I would deal with that a little bit more. But let me go ahead and just bring this home to this poor part right here. Now, I know you're looking around this church right now, and you see all these sweet people in these nice outfits, and they got, and I mean, they're looking nice, and they got their hair fixed up, they got the shoes shining, they got the thing going on, boy. They, I mean, they really nice. But you know what? Deep, uh, these people around you, given the right circumstance and the right situation, can get dark on you. You don't know. That's sister so-and-so. She is so nice. and She treat, She always saying, hey, but given the right circumstance, she might or he might get dark on you. Might get dark on you. Dark on you. Pastor, but he don't weigh nothing but 20 pounds. He about the skinny right He can't do nothing. I told y'all they got mental stuff going on. They can come up with some contraptions, boy. Your car won't even move. And, and, and they know how to they know how to dodge the cameras too. Evil folks, see the devil help evil folks do evil. Now y'all know that by now, don't you? Don't never think that evil folks do evil stuff on their own. They've been watching TV. They go to the internet. They go to the uh, YouTube and how to find how to make stuff that can be harmful to you. Folks can find some evil stuff to do to you. When Jesus said this, notice what he says. How great is that darkness? One thing I want us to understand and never underestimate, I know we look at everybody else, but sometimes look at your own personal life. How dark could you have gotten if Jesus wouldn't have came into your life? How dark would you? Listen, y'all, I know you've been saved for a number of years now, but if you wanted to be saved, how, what kind of dark stuff would you be doing? Or would you just done on Saturday night? Just now waking up. Talking about, man, I know I didn't do that last night. Yeah, you did. I know I didn't go there Saturday night. Yeah, you did. That's why we appreciate the fact that God saw fit to bring us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Woo-wee. Boy, aren't you thankful that you ain't in darkness no more? Woo-wee. Last scripture, 1 Peter 2 and 9. Thank y'all for being so patient. But you are chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you proclaim the praise of him who called you, invited you out of darkness into his marvelous, extraordinary, amazing, passing human comprehension light. Power, you, you got some truth in your life now. You got knowledge and understanding in your life now. You got spiritual purity and moral character. But you got that because somebody... Heard the call of God and said, guess what? I'm going to invite this person right here into the, invite them to church. I'm going to invite them to Sunday school. I'm going to invite them to my Bible study. I'm going to invite them to Zoom Bible study. I'm going to invite them to prayer meeting. I'm going to bring them, I'm going to invite them to experience the light that took me out of darkness. Whoo, I'd be drinking right now if God wouldn't have saved me. 
I'd be lying right now if God would deliver me. I would have been doing many things if God wouldn't have came into my life. Who? How many can agree that if you can you see what God has done for us? Can you see that we would used to be in darkness? And I don't know about you, but I know you can't get nobody high five. But look at this. Look at my says. I'm so glad God got you out of darkness. I'm so glad God God got you out of darkness. Just look at this. I'm so glad God got you out of darkness. You know why I say that to you? Because you know how dark you could have got. Oh, look at my temper. You know how dark you could have got. You know how dark you could have got. You know how dark you could have. We're thankful for the invites, thankful for the people that helped us change our life for the better. We're thankful that God used someone to bring us out of darkness, give us knowledge and understanding of the light, which is Jesus. And we're developing a relationship with him on a daily basis. Thank God we got a relationship with Jesus. How many can say that you're thankful to be out of darkness? Everybody see the importance of that right now? I'm done. Stand easy. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia, on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at occvr.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.